So my name is Nick Huber. Um, this is the Reach track, and uh, this is the lifespan of a healthy small group. I'm going to close this door real quick. So I am um, <coughs> a current staff member at Virginia Tech. Um, I've been there for, I went as a freshman in college in 2012, 2013, so I'm super old. Um, and uh, so I went to Virginia Tech and then did four years of undergrad there. I studied civil engineering and then I graduated to the CMIT at Virginia Tech and now I'm currently serving in my second year on staff. I think, Kieran, are you the only person from Tech here? Oh, I'm sorry, I mean, we haven't met yet, but yeah. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so but even like through being a staff member, through doing the internship, honestly, leading a small group, which I did for three years, so I was a freshman, and then I led my sophomore, junior, and senior year, and being a part of a small group has been the best thing I've ever done. Like honestly, even, you know, all the ministry stuff I've been doing is great, I love it, but just that small group experience, you can't top that. You can't, you know, so just want you guys to like keep that in mind, just like please value and enjoy it while you're in it. So who, who here is in a small group? <coughs> Hopefully almost everybody. Cool. Sweet. Um, so I, honestly, I think outside of like coming to Jesus, I think committing yourself to a small group is one of the most important, maybe the most important decision that you can make. Gosh, ask any campus pastor. They'll say if there's like one thing we want you to do, it's not come to the large group. It's not come to um, you know the social. It's be in a small group because this that's discipleship, right? That's how Jesus did. Small group is Discipleship, it's us just being with each other. Um, that's what we're going to look at that a little bit later, just the biblical model that Jesus used for <laughs> discipleship, and he had a small group. And so um, I'm super passionate about it. Um, I've just seen, you know, I, I know I do, like, you know, I've been doing worship here. I do a lot of stuff on, on staff, and, um, you know, so I do a lot of different, like, you know, paths with that, I guess. But my, I, I really, like, nothing gives me more passion than discipleship, which, like, through small groups is how we're going to make that happen. So I just am so... I'm excited to be talking to you guys about this because um, I've seen, I mean, I saw that small group for three years. I've seen people saved, people set free from addictions, people, you know, being vulnerable for the first time in their lives all through a couple years of small group. And we're going to go through some of that, um, but I just, I really believe in this. Um, I'll tell you one story, um, again, a story of somebody who was changed by a small group. Um, his name's Paul. Do you know Paul Cup, Kieran? No, you know Paul? Yeah. So Paul was in, um, I probably shouldn't have said his first and last name on the recording, but it's okay. He's cool with it. Um, so <coughs> Paul came in his freshman year, um, was basically addicted to everything you can name. Um, he dealt a little bit in college and all this stuff. And so he was this guy who wasn't a believer at all. His girlfriend broke up with him, right? So he's super sad about that. They've been dating for a couple of years. She became a Christian, realized he was bad news, <coughs> broke up with him. And so he was just distraught. And so Paul heard that she was involved in Chi Alpha UVA. So he was just like down in the dumps, like, all right, I'll give something a shot. And so he decided, I'll go to the Chi Alpha at Virginia Tech. So he walks into our large group service, the very first, um, or I think maybe the second week of the semester. So I'm talking to somebody, right, like, you know, and I just like hear like the Holy Spirit, like alarm start going off in my head. I really can't explain it, but it was just like, stop what you're doing. I was probably rude to the person in front of me, but I was like, I just saw in the corner of my eye, this guy walk into our service. And so I like stopped went over there, introduced myself, um, just had him come sit with us. I was, a, I was like a soft or junior leader at the time. He comes and sits with us. And so basically he, he didn't have this like right away, like everything fell off. He gave us like the Jesus, but he did say, I want to come to your small group. And so he came, I met up with him every week. We had a discipleship process. He came to small group every week, committed himself to that. And through about three or four months of that, this dude, everything, he had given up all of the drugs, alcohol, all of the past life. Um, he's not one of the most solid godly men you'll ever know. He led a small group three years um, in a row himself. And so he, now he's, uh, he's working in Massachusetts, I think, now. But he's one of the most godly men you'll ever meet. And so just one example of how a small group, again, this wasn't like a, you know, because God can work like one moment, someone's like set free, everything's changed. It does happen, but not always. And so there's a process. It's a small group. People are cha being changed, lives are being changed through that. And so one more example, I was going to put this on the screen. You guys can't see this. This is the small group that I led my senior year. So there's, there's 12 dudes here. I think there's 12 plus me and the leader, Rob. So this is my senior year <coughs> small group. And um, I just want to just like go through this because 
this is one small group and just want to like point out the impact that some of these guys are going to have. So going right to left, this guy Cole, so these are, they're all freshmen and I'm a senior. Um, Cole is now a senior. He's called to missions with Live Dead in the Middle East. Um, Steve right here is called to be a youth pastor. Uh, this guy Josh, um, he, was, he grew up Christian. Oh, Steve wasn't a Christian before college. Came to small group, got saved. Now he's called to be a youth pastor. Josh um, is called to be a missionary in Latin America. Um, but Sam in the back here is called to missions also in the Middle East. Um, this guy Luke's doing our CMIT. Josh is doing the CMIT. Rob now, this guy Rob down here is called to be a missionary also to um, reach people groups. And so just like seeing the amount of people that were changed that are being called to ministry through just one small group. And then this <laughs> other guy here, Alex, you can see him peeking out the back there. I'll tell his story at the end, but he had a really radical story, so he was also really changed through small groups. So just to, just to kind of set the stage for, like, <coughs> when you commit yourself to this idea of a small group, the amount of impact it can have beyond just like, because you can only do so much, but if as a group you choose to just really do life with each other and you can see the ways that people are going to be sent out from that and you're going to have a crazy footprint in the kingdom from just you guys being there with each other. So, so let's open up a little bit. I want you guys to tell me your idea of what a small group looks like. So maybe we're not totally sure what that looks like. So like how many people, so how many, how many people are in a small group average? Like what would you guys say? Just, you can just shout, yeah, shout it out. Eight. No more than 15? What else? Can we go, go less than eight, anybody? Oh, something that goes, yeah, I'm so sorry, man. Yeah, yeah. Can it be less than eight? Yes. What about, uh, how long should it take a small group to really connect? How many leaders should it produce? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where does a small group usually meet? On campus? On campus? Or in a home, so off campus? At a restaurant. At a restaurant? Cool. So, I think my point is that we're seeing that honestly, it kind of depends, right? No small group looks the exact same. So that's why if we talk about the lifespan of a small group, there's some like principles there, but really it depends. Like it just depends on a lot of factors, like who the group is, the leaders, what they got, what God's doing there. And so um, I want to unpack some like <coughs> principles, um, but I don't want to get into like that, you know, because I think a small group could have two people or it could have 16. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't think it has to be. I've, there's been some amazing small groups. So my experience, my first year leading a small group, we had like, also I don't think it like, you know, if you don't produce like 12 small group leaders, it doesn't mean you failed, right? Like there's a lot going into this. And so my first year leading a small group, there was I think five or six dudes. And then like four of them went to another ministry at the end of the year and we never saw them again. Uh, one of them became a leader. And second year I had seven guys and then one of them became a leader, and a couple of them were loosely involved for another year, and then that was it. And then my third year, those pictures that I showed you, like seven of those guys are small group leaders. And so like it, it really, but I don't like, you know, the year that I talked about Paul, that was the year where he was the only one, the only leader that I produced that year. And so like, I don't want to get into, cause let's be honest, right? Like there's like comparison that happens. I don't know how many people are leaders in here or people that are just in a small group. I think we should all be leading small group, but like the actual like person facilitating the Bible study. Um, like there's like, there might be temptations to like, my small group's really small or I don't gel with these people or like, I don't really click with them. Like, you know, just, this is your, like, you're going to compare that to each other. Um, you're going to really be like, you know, maybe think about jumping ship. And so my goal is honestly not for me to learn from me, but to learn from each other for two reasons. I want you guys to learn some and have some ideas for small group and just what to take back to your small group so that you can really help. Whether you're, I don't care if you're a leader or not. Honestly, like I can speak for like small group leaders, we need the help of the non-leaders because it means so much more when you're not a leader and you like really own it and like commit yourself to it. And so um, we need your help. So number one, I want you guys to like have some ideas to take back with you 
for what you know you could implement to your small group. And number two, I want you to value your small group. And maybe you've been frustrated with certain things, or maybe you've been like, we don't have this, so we don't have that, or that small group over there is way more fun, or they just are bigger, or whatever. Like, I want you guys to value what you have in your small group, because I'm telling you, like, it might be scary to think about, like, I'm going to commit these people to be my main group of friends at college. Like, maybe that, that sounds, like, not appealing to you because of who it is, or maybe it does. I don't know. But I'm promising you, like, the fruit that you will bear from that, if you commit yourself to the small group to make these people who you're going to invest in, I promise you, you will be so grateful. These people will be with you for life. But that's not just, like, I think people think, like, oh, because the people that are in small groups where they're all become each other's, you know, in their wedding parties and their best friends, because, like, oh, because they happen to get in the same small group and they're all, they all like this sport, but they all like this whatever. Like, no, that's not about that, like, that you just happen to wander into a small group of all people that were just compatible with you. It's a commitment that people wanted to love each other, whether they're together or like similar or not. Those people in that picture I showed you, like you could not believe the radical diversity of backgrounds, personality types, I mean race, ethnic, just all that stuff. And so it's more about committing yourself to it. So I really want to encourage you guys um, to really take the heart. So we're going to workshop it a little bit, right? We're going to workshop with each other. Just um, again, number one, I want you guys to have some ideas to take back with you. Number two, I want you to value what you have in your small group and really be able to just commit yourself to that. So, now the group question. This is a little more big picture, so this isn't a trick one like the other one. But what are some elements of a healthy small group? Okay, I heard four Feedback. different things. Feedback, I heard communication. Personalities. Personalities. Who said communication? What do you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. What else? Trust. Trust, that's a big one. Yeah, that's good. Not adding it to my notes because it was so good. <laughs> Anybody else? Other just elements, things that you, you know, yeah, go ahead. I think being sensitive, like not all people come from the same, like, church background. Someone can be saying something completely off and just wrong and, like, can't tell them, oh, no, that's wrong, but you going to hell. Like, Mm. <laughs> you have to really sit there and like listen to them and then make sure that you reassure them like, hey, this is a thing. Being sensitive to other people who don't have Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. How are we going to relate to what's going to be like? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Openness. Openness. Super important. You're not going to get anywhere if everyone's just like hiding each other. Vulnerable. Vulnerability. That's a great word. Yes. Patience, that's a big one, because not everybody is going to be your best friend at first, or maybe not necessarily not going to annoy you, you know, but just like, or even like patience. To, I mean, and I told you that, that guy that I told you about, you know, it took four or five months. So if, you know, if, I, if I as a leader had been like, it's been two weeks, man, like, you know, give it up, like, you got to change, like, you know, nothing would have happened, but you have to be patient through the process of people, you know, sanctification is a real thing. It's biblical and it does take some time. Um, you know, not that we want to encourage people to like not fight for holiness, um, but it does take some time sometimes. So, yeah, awesome. So, what did Jesus' small group look like? <coughs> Do you know Jesus had a small group? What were they called? The 12 disciples. Right, so what did that look like? 12 men. 12 men. It could also be women. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
They asked, they asked a ton of questions. They never knew anything. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, they were together a lot, right? Servant hearted. Although, do you guys know how old the disciples were? Anybody know that? No? Right? That's what we always think. They're younger. So it's not, it doesn't say, but with the biblical <laughs> evidence of where they were in their life stage, because um, students would often um, go under the teaching of a rabbi, which is what they were kind of doing in Jewish culture under Jesus. They usually happen between the ages of around 16 and 20. Um, the only one that may have been older than 21 is Peter. He's probably 24. So there's, again, we can't guarantee, but there's a good chance the disciples were younger than most of you here. So, so don't, again, I, there's not like it says they're this old, but I'm saying like the, the biblical narrative, like evidence points towards the fact that they were probably not older than 20, maybe 21, 22. Peter's probably 25. There's, he might've been married at that time. Probably what is if he was 25 in, in that um, culture. But so again, like if they can do that kind of stuff, don't think that you can't do anything because they did this walk of the community each other. And that culture was even harder to carve out that time for each other to really make those commitments. But they were a bunch of college age people, you know? So you guys can do that too. So um, I'm going to, so let's do it this way. Can you guys like group yourselves into small groups, like around four or five? I don't care how you do it. Maybe mix up people you don't not from the same school, please. So let's like swap schools or so take take a couple minutes and try to like get circle up, but then face me when you're done. I'm um, in groups of four or five. So face me again real quick, sorry, just back up here. And so I want you guys to talk in your groups. Um, the very first thing, so when Jesus called the disciples um, to be a part of his small group, the first thing he asked for was a commitment. He said, come and follow me. Or he said, drop what you're doing and come do this. And so he, they committed themselves. And so they would talk about like, yes, so they sacrificed everything, their jobs, their livelihood to follow Jesus. But you also think of it as like they sacrifice everything, you know, laid it all down to be a part of this small group. And so they committed themselves to it. And so I want you guys to ask two questions. So the first one is what do you value about the commitment you have in your small group? And you have to answer it. Even if you think that you don't like your small group or there's things that you don't like, I want you to think about and hear everybody talking and think about what do you value about the commitment that's already happened? Maybe it's just you're the only one that's committed. Maybe it's the leaders are really committed. What do you value about the commitment that you have in your small group? And the second question, in what ways would you like to see the level of commitment raised in your small group? Okay? So take a few minutes, talk about that, go around the circle. Um, so number one, what do you value about the commitment in your small group? And number two, how would you like to see the commitment raised in your small group? Go for it. Yeah, Chris, sorry. Oh, sorry, real quick. So maybe introduce yourselves. Like, oh. say, I'm from this school. Like, this is my small group. This is what it looks like. And then go. Cool? Okay. I'm Florida Gulf Coast University. And uh, I have a small group of about, about like, seven guys. And what I value about is, like, one parent an atheist. 
but like he still comes on time. Wants to get the work done. Um, I kind I kind of call him Paul. He doesn't like that too much because it's like big shoes to fill. But I just know that God's gonna do and it's like so I value how committed my guys are coming week after week. So it's good. I do the second one too or just the first one. And I just kind of value our commitment to, because like we put on a lot of like uh, skits, and last semester our big thing was a, um, a dance, And so they're already committed to their own small group, and they still come to my small group. Um, so I just have to really like enjoy and press into the background. They committed themselves two times over just to make sure um, that they do everything in their small group. They also can show everybody that there are different ways to worship. So I just love that. And the one that I value I'm finding small group. We're about 12 girls. We're a big um, I'm not really a talker, but I don't know. I value, well, I don't know about the commitment part. Like, I don't really know, but I'm going to just tell y'all what I value about my small group. I value uh, how our friendships, like, we kind of use our friendships to, like, speak to each other. Like, it's like, so two more we minutes. Bond, two like, minutes. And that's how we get along. And, like, everyone is understood. Like, just everyone cares for everyone. Like, and make sure that they're all right. Like, I love the way, like, if we can't make the small group, they're like, you know, hey, you want me to come pick you up? Like, they pick me up to work every Monday for small group. And I'm just so thankful because I don't drive or anything. So, I, I guess that's what I value about my small group. Like, what do you want to expect the So, I want to expect that like, guys just don't come for food and hang out. But we, but we expect to see that you do Christ moving. Right. 
Yeah, how do you want to see the commitment raised? But um, we're gonna move on though, because I think the other there's two more of these, and I think the other two are a little more take longer. So um, if you can, if you didn't get to talk, we'll, we'll just we'll come back around to it. All right, let's bring it back up here. So face me. Cool. It may have seemed short, but there's two more of those, so I promise um, if you didn't get a chance to share, like just keep going around the circle in the same way and um, you know, everyone will get a chance to, to talk about it. But what are some things that you heard from other people um, in your group that really you really liked or stuck out to you? They want to like elaborate on building what, um, or adding to what their smart group is already um, at. Yeah, that's awesome. <coughs> yes. He talked about how. Chris, he talked about uh, how one of the members of his small group is like atheist, but he still comes to like hear the word of God and stuff. So that like really stood out to me because it's like, like, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Was there something else? No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Lainey was talking about how, like, everyone kind of gets, like, really focused on, like, their small group, like, being close-knit, but she said, like, once they do that, like, not being so inward-focused, but, like, outward-focused, and, like, Mm -hmm. people starting to, like, go to people in their classes, or, like, their friends that they meet, and, like, trying to invite them in, so it's, like, you build a close-knit group of friends, but then you keep inviting people in and bringing people yeah. Yep. I know my sister Christ. She has like a theater type yeah, one. Mm-hmm. I ain't cool. never heard of that before. So we gotta take that back to CSU. Want to implement that because our school is really big on um, theater and like art majors and things like that. So I feel like that they will gravitate more towards their passions while we incorporate Christ. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I good. Really like that. What are some things that you guys are talking about that you? Maybe want to see more of in terms of commitment from your small group. I think in our group, Jordan had a really good point about accountability, mm-hmm. um, like just holding each other accountable to really be committed to the group. You know, as you say, making your yeses your yeses and your noes your noes, and really that helping raise the commitment of the group is by holding each other and yourself accountable. Yeah, I thought that was really that's super good. Yeah, last one. Um, Sarah said that she liked her students to be more committed to each other. It feels like they're committed to her. That really stuck out to me because I feel like the girls in our groups, they come and they're committed to coming and they're committed to learning about Jesus, but they really hang out on their own outside of groups without their leader. Yeah. So that really stuck out to me. She so said they're committed, sure that they're committed to the, the Bible study and the leader. To do like you know maybe one on ones or whatever, yeah. but maybe not not to the group as a whole. Yeah, that's really good. Now a lot of these things, you know, because we're gonna move. That's you know a lot of this stuff kind of like ties together with like the other things, you know. But this, I'm so like kind of recap. Um, I, there might have been like I, I don't know if this happened, but I just I've had this before, so like I, I'm not sensing this, but maybe it's just true for you. But like as you hear other people, again, there might be like some kind of comparison or like I wish I had that or I don't have that, or like that's a bummer. And again, I don't want this to be, I'm glad, we need to get that out there because I think it's really important for you to have that thought and face it. Um, but that's not, I think, what you know God wants for you to, to carry around with you. Um, even if maybe you're like, ah, oh, like, I wish that you know, I had this or whatever. You have to think about, hey, like, you know, why do you want that? Is it a pride thing? Is it like a, more of like a self-serving thing? But also, like, again, like I said, all of the small groups that have like been really successful weren't because they just came together and they were like great friends right away. It's a commitment. It's like that. So if you are saying, I wish we had that, like if you would commit yourself to those people that you do have, maybe it's one other person that comes to small group, maybe it's four other people or 10 other people. If you would say, I would commit myself to that, I think you will see just the level of um, just you guys experiencing each other and God's presence <coughs> and God's, what God has for you will just explode. And so Jesus... Um, as for commitment, um, he basically said, like, come follow me, you know, and then you guys all know the scriptures. And the one I was going to read is John 13, 
A new command I give to you, love one another. This is John 13, 34 through 35. Um, a new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so, again, committing each other to loving people. Um, love is a choice, Austin, right? So you can choose to love these people even if Susan over there really annoys you or Chad won't shut up today in small group. Like, just committing yourself to love these people um, no matter what. And you guys can make this small group just so fruitful and, and honestly a life-altering experience. Pray and ask God for a heart for this. My most, I think, I say this a lot to our guys at, at VT, but I, I prayed one time, like, when I was, like, going up to be a, a first-year leader, I was like, God, would you give me a heart for this small group, for these guys? I was like, God, just please give me just that, that heart for them. And it's the most answered prayer I've ever prayed. Um, there are moments um, throughout my college career where I asked God to, like, take some of that away because he just shared his heart with me. And, like, I mean, honestly, like, you know, and if you're a leader, you probably get this, but, like, if, like, some, somebody that I really invested in is, like, struggling or they just, like, fall off the face of the earth, like, it broke me. Like, I, I have cried over dudes in my small group. And so I really think that that's a somber thing. I don't want you to do that lightly. But if you consider asking God to share his burden for discipleship and small group with you, I think he will. Um, and so just, like, just consider asking for that. Um, committing yourself to the small group, again, we need the non-leaders to commit just as much, if not even more. They're almost more crucial to the dynamic because, again, there's something different when somebody that's not, you know, have that title or whatever it is that's saying, I'm here for this and I love you guys and we're going to do this. Like, that's so powerful. I'm just committing to making it welcoming, committing it to make it, we're going to just love, whoever shows up in that door tonight, we're going to love that person. I'm just committing yourself to that. So, so I guess that's kind of, and I think at this point in this, or this is already halfway through the year, right? And so you might say like, okay, we've kind of already seen like who's in the small group, you know, because the first couple of weeks it's like different, you know, eight different people that might show up, might not, you know, kind of, you know, it's pretty dynamic. But um, at this point it kind of settles in more and you kind of see who's involved. Um, maybe, you know, maybe you don't see that, but I think the experience generally is like by this point it starts to kind of settle on who's going to be committed. Um, and so don't give up on people that are kind of more fringy, um, but just like I think you guys see the commitment, you know, who's really committed, who really has kind of not been committed. And so you can really just start to look into that. And then kind of what will happen after that is and this is probably hopefully already happened some, but it's still growing. And I promise you it'll get better is the community. Right. And so you commit yourselves to the uh, to the small group, to discipleship, and then you have a community. People or you guys are you might experience this too, especially Guys are like this, but I think it applies both ways. People are going to grow horizontally before they go vertically, which I means that they're going to connect and go deep with each other before they go deep to God. And so if I have a small group of like eight guys that are all like super, super hungry, but they don't care about each other or they're not, you know, in community, like I've had that, it's really difficult. Like they're actually not growing how they could because they're trying to do this on their own with just me as their leader and that's it. But if guys grow this way first, or girls, I'm sorry, I've just led guys, so that's my natural, I just think guys, but um, if people are growing this way first, then you just see the level of depth that they can grow to, it just increases exponentially. And so, so again, in your groups, I want you guys to answer the same two questions, but instead of commitment, fill in community. And so, listen to the question um, carefully, what do you value about the community in your small group, and in what ways would you like to see the community race and so the community of just each other being brothers and sisters in Christ. Go for it. Sorry, man. <laughs> um, yeah. So which way I want to see the community raised? What do you value about it first? What do I value about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I value um I value how we're all so different, but we all come together still. I value how I value how my other small group leader he lets us do it in his room all the time. So I kind of want to take a step and do it in my room. It's not always on him or what he says. I, I just value really his commitment to, to leading it and um, putting all that pressure and to be 
I value that so much because it's really people who truly do not remember and care for God, but they also bring to the table different and unique talents and keeps everything interesting. I guess the Thank <laughs> you. 
I want to bring more people in too. Like now, I, I want to focus on who's actually in it. Like we hang out once a week. Maybe we'll go to a new place on a Friday. But like, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not taking an extra step. Like, hey, good morning. You know, that's the laundry. I'm not doing it. I do it on Thursday. I might say Happy New Year. I might say Merry Christmas. And that's it. Happy birthday. So, like, I want to ask God to give me a heart. A big, a softer heart. Like, and be their big brother. A little brother. To be their brother. We have a lot of leaders in my small group. So, so I want to partner with you I guess. It's not hard for me to connect with you. They're my friends. But I don't do one on ones with them. They're leaders. So they do one on ones with our pastors. So I'm like, I look at myself and evaluate myself and I'm like, I just feel like I'm not pushing on Okay, let's bring it back in. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. All right, let's face me. Cool. So again, let's open it up. Um, tell me something that somebody else said that they value about the community that really stuck out to you. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Of what? Um, a Black Panther, which is a movie I'm not forever. You gotta watch Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> um, so something Teddy mentioned, so her Alpha is like very new and like she mentioned how currently like they have more staff than students and it's just the fact that like she talked about how nowadays there's not as many like older adults that you have pouring into your life the older you get and just how much she talked about like the community with her staff and how much she like truly enjoys them and how like appreciated she is with them is like 
really amazing because sometimes you don't think about how hard her staff works and just the fact that for her she has more staff than like Kyle for members and how they're trying to like pour into them so that they can reach out with super awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. What about something that uh, you guys want to see the, how the community could be raised in small group? No um, time for like two things. Thanks. Oh, I didn't get what you just said. <laughs> oh, like when you guys talk, is there certain ways where you guys are talking about like ways that you wish to see the level of community in your small group mm -hmm. increase? Mm -hmm. Nathan talked about how in his small group they're constantly like texting each other in their group text and constantly like hanging out because like they want to, like they don't have to, they want to just genuinely spend time with each other. And so that was just encouraging to like fight just to like outside of just cores and one-on-ones be like, hey, like I just want to genuinely like live life with you and hang out and go shopping and stuff. And even Abby mentioned it, like having random Walmart trips with her group. And so just constantly building that time in mm -hmm. just to be able to grow in community outside of just like the time you spend in small groups. Yeah, and that's the key, I think, really, is that oftentimes the most important things that happen for your small group are going to happen outside of like the Bible study meeting time. Like that's almost more important. Um, you guys have to out there, the scripture in Acts 2 that I had here, um, it's in Acts 2. I'm just going to paraphrase and sum it up real quick, but it's basically, um, you know, it's after the Pentecost and the church is growing. It's after Peter's 3,000 people get saved sermon. So the believers were together and had everything in common, sold the property and possessions. They met together every day, broke bread in their homes, and the Lord added to their number daily who are being saved. And so it has to be a, so we call, so people, you know, you might hear terms like core group. Life group, small group, there's different names for it. We call ours life group because we want it to be about that, that we're doing life together outside of just like that two hours on a Thursday night or whatever night you meet um, for small group. And so you guys have to have, and there are going to be people in the small group that might not want to like always, they're not really that available to always go hang out or be, you know, on the group chat or like, you know, but you guys have to have a vision. Again, if you're the Bible study leader or not, having a vision for what the community could be for them, because if you commit to it and you have the vision, because they don't, some people, people have never seen what that kind of community looks like. They don't know what it looks like to have a group of people that are that um, much for each other and just that type of a community. They don't, that doesn't exist in the world, really. Maybe some sports teams occasionally, but that op happens after the season's over, it's done. And so, like, people don't have a vision for that. So, if you have a vision for them and you can set the tone for, like, how you're committing yourself to, we're going to, like, get lunch together, we're going to really, you know, just own the community, you'll be amazed at how much that, how far that can go. Being open and missional, and so the, it's never closed. You guys ever heard of the, the empty chair thing for small groups? You guys know that one? No. If you don't, it's like sometimes like people will do like in small group, you'll like meet for your, you know, your small group Bible study, and you'll like have a chair that you leave this empty, and you ask your small group, who's going to sit in that chair next week? And then if somebody comes, you put another empty chair. And so it's just the idea of like keeping before you that, this community, while you want it to be tight-knit and, like, loving each other, is never close. Like, we're missional no matter what, right? So keeping that there with you. And so, again, it might be challenging to think of your small group as your close circle of friends, but I, I really think that if you would own that and commit yourself to that and just, like, hey, I'm going to invite them to come hang out, to come do homework together. Like, maybe it doesn't happen at first. Maybe the third, fourth time you invite them, still not coming. Don't give up. If you have a vision for it, and you can articulate that, and you can make them see why it's important, it's going to happen. Yeah, what's up? Question in the back. No, I was going to say something. Um, but like when Jesus like ate with his like, disciples, he always like broke bread with them. So I think like it's always important, like even if it's just like y'all eating like chips and dip with like your small group. I think it's always important like to have some sort of type of like food because food gathers people together and that's like the core thing of like what Jesus did with the um, disciples. They always ate together and yeah. it always symbolized them being together and him like trusting and bonding with them. And so I think that's one core thing to like bond with your um, small group is food because when in the Bible he ate with them a lot, he slept, he, he walked with them a lot, he talked with them a lot and I think that food was like one thing that kept them together and he ate just eating with them was like one thing that kept them together yeah that's good like just hospitality just like yeah. you know making it welcoming making it like you know maybe you like take turns bringing snacks to small group or just like having them over for pizza or whatever like yeah that stuff's great like be like 
Don't make it weird. Just like be friends. Like, you guys are good at that. Just like, you know, bring them into your life. You know, it's not that hard. So for the sake of time, I'm out of time. I'm going to just kind of talk through the third one for like a minute. Um, bit, uh, so we've, we have the commitment. People are committed to small group. Hopefully there, you know, there's levels of commitment where they're in. Then there's a community. They're developing community. They're growing horizontally. People are really starting to, you know, be friends. You guys will see second semester. Um, if you're still discouraged, I promise you, like, almost all of my small groups, second semester. I wish it wasn't this way. I wish it happened earlier. But it seems like second semester is where the people really start to be, like, you know, committed to the community to really kind of see each other come together. They realize, oh, these people are here, you know. Even my dorm mates or my roommates might, you know, have kind of abandoned me at this point in the year. They're busy or whatever. But these people are here for me. So you'll see that. Um, so they're, they're community um, together. And then the third one, you start to see the vulnerability kind of increase. And so we have commitment, community, vulnerability. And so this is where the true growth, discipleship, where you guys are final, there's trust built. You guys are committed to each other. You guys are friends. You guys know each other. And so this is where you, you know, you have to, there should be no mistake that this small group is about Jesus. This is about, it shouldn't be like, yeah, there's like, we have fun, we watch sports games, we like go to movies together, but there shouldn't be any like confusing that this is about God. And so like, don't skip that. Once you have that community, like, you know, don't be afraid to push those, like ask questions. You're, you're in the word together every week, you know, pray for each other. Ask, you were talking about the Holy Spirit, bring the Holy Spirit in. Like, honestly, be those brothers and sisters in Christ for each other, um, you guys set the level of vulnerability. And so no one, if someone comes to the small group that's their first time, or maybe they're like, you know, a newer Christian, they're not used to this. And like, if no one is sharing like intimate parts of their life, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to say anything. So we always, you know, we train our leaders, but you know, everybody in the small group, you set how deep the vulnerability is going to be. And so maybe somebody is sitting there and they're like, I don't want to share that. It'll seem weird. If you do it, like, oh, well, if that guy struggles or if that girl struggles with that, I mean, I could share that too. And so just like being encouraged to push yourself, challenge yourself to be open and, and be vulnerable so that you can make other people do the exact same thing. Be willing to share, but don't take over. Like don't like answer every question, but like being willing to like help, you know, facilitate conversation. Again, for non-Bible study leaders, it's amazing to have you like there just to answer questions, but to help get choir people involved, help them feel more comfortable. Um, and so... Yeah. So again, I hope you guys are, have some stuff to take away. Again, please be encouraged. Please think think through that. Pray through that. Committing yourself to, I know you're already committed to a small group now, but like really like make this the thing that you're like all about. Like this is how we're going to change the world. It's how Jesus did it, right? He changed the world through a small group. It's how we're going to do it. The other guy in the story, um, Alex, was in that picture. Um, Alex came to the Bible study my senior year. He was a freshman. He was the roommate of my best friend who was in a dorm at that time, is an RA, and so he was a freshman. So you had him come to my small group. He was an atheist. So he wasn't like, no, he, he didn't even know, like, I said, have you heard the word gospel? He said no. Like, it was like, it's hard to imagine that in, like, our country, but he had knew nothing. He knew the word Jesus, and that was it. Um, and so he comes, he came every single week to small group for a year. And he, he told me one time, he's like, I don't believe in this, but no one's ever loved me or accepted me the way that you guys did. And so he came every single week for a year, slowly started to kind of open up to it. In April, he gets saved, right? And so that has happened all over the country. So just committing yourself to the idea that people are getting saved through this. Be patient, be willing to go through the process, but this is going to change lives. So please be encouraged. Please take this with you. You know, own it. I don't care if it's your Bible study that you're leading or not. Like own the small group. Um, be committed to it, and you guys will see amazing results. So let me pray for you guys, and then i got to leave. God, thank you for um, this time. Thank you for the model that you set forward. God, we love you, and we pray that you would continue to um, just speak to us, encourage us, and help us to have the vision for discipleship and just to see people coming to know you, see people coming to grow closer to each other, to the family of God, and just to you ultimately, Jesus. So we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.